On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we go over the candidacy of Jalen Wilson for National Player of the Year. Where does he sit? How realistic is it? What is his case that if you were trying to make it for him to win the award, and is there anything he can do to surpass what Zach Eady has done so far this season? That on today's edition of the show. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me also with Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday on KLWN, your flagship station in Lawrence from 3 to 6 every day on KLWN. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. On today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we're going to be going over Jalen Wilson's National Player of the Year case, the biggest pros for him being in it, where he kind of sits right now, um, we're also going to be taking a look at, you know, what he needs to do. Is it is it possible for him to even win this award and, and surpass a guy like Zach Eady with all that Zach Eady has done? And I also want to take a look at, uh, you know, um, which, I guess, which uh, KU player, which KU player under Bill Self recently that has been a national player of the year candidate like he compares favorably to, does he compare at all to any of the recent ones? Uh, we'll go over that on this edition of the show. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sport, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So on today's um, edition of the show, going over this Jalen Wilson stuff, the biggest pros to Jalen Wilson being a national <clears throat> player of the year candidate and what he can do. Now, depending where you look right now, Jalen Wilson is, you know, he's, he's certainly up near the top of the national player of the year race. When you look at a stadium, they just did a, and this was before the Texas game, which he had just two points, but stadium did a, a poll of a bunch of different uh, media people of their top 10 list for national player of the year. Jalen Wilson came in at number two. Ken Palm has him at number three for his national player of the year race. Only behind uh, Trace Jackson Davis at number two and Zach Eady at number one. You look at FanDuel, they have betting odds. Zach Eady is by far the favorite. Minus 1,000. Jalen Wilson in at number two at plus 850. Then you go to Trace Jackson Davis plus 2,000. Uh, Zulis Tubelis at Arizona has had a great year plus 4,000. Brandon Miller at Alabama plus 6,000. Chris Murray is 120 to one. So there are big drop offs between people. And the big reason why is Zach Eady seems to be running away with this ward. But the only guy who is within single digit odds at that point is Jalen Wilson on FanDuel. So the biggest pros for why Jalen has gotten to this point kind of candidacy well kansas is competing for the toughest conference in college basketball and honestly the path to this big 12 title for ku or for any team in the big 12 is about as tough as any conference in college basketball history now i'm not going to declaratively say it's the hardest conference win ever in college basketball history i don't know some of those past big easts were were pretty brutal but you know this one is a little bit different because you have the round robin, you play everyone home and away, whereas in maybe some of those past Big East, because the conference was so large, you might only play one of the best teams that you're competing with just one time, and you might get them at home, right? Um, 
So I don't know. Either way, it's one of the toughest paths that, that you could envision for winning a conference title and you're competing in that league and putting up these numbers against really good competition, some of the best teams in the country. And he's performed admirably against some of the tough competition, the Texas game kind of being the lone exception. Now, this was before the Kansas State game earlier last week. So before the Kansas State game, the Iowa State game, and Texas game, which those are three more games that you had to add to this. But this was from College Basketball Reference. Jalen Wilson leads all Division I players with 157 points scored against AP Top 25 teams this season. So again, you add the, the 26 points against Iowa State, you add the game against Kansas State, you add the two points against Texas, that number goes up. I don't know if anybody's competing there. Maybe part of that is pure volume because Kansas is playing a lot more ranked teams, but so are the other Big 12 teams. He's been so important for KU in some of these big games and, and performing well. Uh, in some of these big games, the counting stats, just absolutely ridiculous. Another case for him, about 21 points per game. That is one of the highest marks in the entire country uh, among power six players. And it is top 20 among all players. He is leading KU in rebounding at eight and a half per game. He is averaging two and a half assists per game. And he's chipping in some steal and block numbers too. There are only five players in college basketball averaging at least 20 points eight rebounds, and two assists per game, and that have three or more win shares. So there's only five players in college basketball doing those things. Three of them play for small schools in Josh Cohen at St. Francis, <clears throat> Jake Stevens at Chattanooga, Drew Pember at UNC Asheville. The only other Power Six player doing that is Azulis Tubelis at Arizona. He's a national player there, candidate as well. Now, sometimes you can have fun with those stats, and. You know, like Zach Eady is doing the points and the rebounds and the wind shares. He's just barely missing the assist, right? But everything that Jalen has done puts him as a real candidate for this award. He's the best player on one of the best teams in the country, putting up ridiculous stats. And the tear that he had been on up until the Texas game, pretty ridiculous. I mean, he had five games in a row where these were his point totals in, in each game. 38, 30, 23, 22 and 26. Over that five-game span, he was averaging 27.8 points per game. Unfortunately, the team went just two and three in that stretch. Even if you include the Texas game, though, it's 23 and a half points per game. So even with that two-point outing, outing, he had 23 and a half points per game over the last six, of which Kansas has played a remarkably difficult schedule. Like this six-game schedule, we had Matt Tate on our show with Rock Chalk Sports Talk the other week, and he was saying, you know, that six-game stretch upcoming, that was right before the six-game stre stretch started with, you know, Kansas State and um, Kentucky and now Texas and Iowa State, uh, this, uh, Kansas State again, like, that's a tougher six-game stretch than you'd probably face if you go on to win a title and play six games in March because, you know, you don't have the one letdown game of maybe playing a 15 or a 16 seed. And um, all those games are tougher than maybe playing a 7, 8, or 9 seed, right? Like where that path is insanely difficult and he's put up ridiculous numbers over the course of it. And, and yes, you could say they didn't win all those games, but also if they just execute a little better down the stretch against Kansas State, now you win that game and it's because Jalen has 38 points. And, you know, it's not really his fault necessarily if they lost some of those games that he went off in. He tried to carry them, and they did even get a couple wins because of it in a very difficult stretch. I think the overall consistency is another mark in Jalen's favor of why he is a National Player of the Year candidate. I know that sounds weird after the Texas game when the consistency wasn't there and he only had two points, but that was his first game all season where he had single digits. That was his 
uh, lowest point total of the year. He has only had less than 14 points twice. He had 11 points against Indiana. He had two points against Texas. Every other game, he's had 14 points or more. He has been remarkably consistent for this team. And then I think the last part, just how much he matters to this Kansas team. Like we saw against Texas, he struggled. Everybody else stepped up, and they still won the game. It is a team game at the end of the day. And if every other player on the team is playing well and you struggle, you're still going to be okay because it is a team game. But he matters so much to this team because what happens when everybody isn't stepping up, which has happened a lot this season, and for the most part, you're not going to get every single player firing on all cylinders. So what happens when that happens? Well, he's helped to carry the team to the finish line or been one of the top players consistently for this team. Think about the games that, you know, he had some of those big moments where he helped carry you to the finish line. Southern Utah, you would have been upset if not for him. He put up like 30-something points in that game. The Duke game. Grady Dick had spurt at the end of the game, but what allowed them to be within striking distance for the spurt, Jalen had 25 points when nobody could really get offense going against Duke. Wisconsin, he goes for 29 and 14. Yes, Bobby hits the game-winning shot, but he was the one keeping you in it to even be in that situation. Harvard game. Has those last great five minutes where it's a close game and he helps you pull away. Then this most recent stretch, he has been so critical to this team with a team that doesn't have a ton of consistent shot graders. You know why he's averaging so many points and taking so many shots per game? It's because Kansas doesn't really have a lot of other guys that can make magic happen or, or can make you know shots off the dribble. A lot of them, it has to be created for them or off back cuts or off somebody passing them the ball. Jalen's kind of the one exception to the rule. So he matters so much much to this team I believe this year that maybe in some of his past year is your leading rebounder on a team that you have to be you know you have certain struggles there rebounding he's just so important for what this team does the biggest reasons why he's here to comparing him to some past KU players who have been in this same vein that himself a air candidate but first so the locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by FanDuel this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. I know I'm going to be doing a parlay with uh, some of the, the running back receiver numbers like Isaiah Pacheco. I think it was 10 and a half receiving yards. Jet McKinnon was like 20, 19 and a half. Parlay those together. I think Chiefs are going to have to you know throw to the backs a good amount because of the pressure from the Eagles defensive line. They like to use the screen game. I kind of like that putting those together. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Comparing Jalen Wilson, what he's done so far, to some of the other recent KU basketball seasons under Bill Self that have earned near the air type light. Um, Gonna expand it a little more in just a second, but um, everybody knows the stat or has heard the stat a time or two about you know, there's only been a couple players in Bill Self's tenure who have gone on to average 20 or more points per game. It's a list of two guys, that's it. Two guys, Bill Self has been here since the 2003 2004 seasons, the 20 seasons at Kansas. 
Wayne Simeon and Frank Mason. That's it. Very short list. Jalen Wilson right now is on that list. Here is the list of players at KU going back before Bill Self, so to the Roy Williams era, since 1992. This is as far back as basketball reference will let me go. So since 1992, it gives you 30 years to even average 16 points, seven rebounds per game for a season, which to be clear, Jalen is averaging about five more points than that and about a rebound and a half more than that. So he's blowing past both of those marks. And that be pretty exclusive over a 30 year list. You got like a couple handfuls of guys. And in the case of all of those couple, you're looking at like legit dudes, Josh Jackson, Marcus Morris, Thomas Robinson, and Sim did it twice. Reference did it twice. Nick, Diedrich Lawson, Drew. Gooden and good right there. A little what to tighten this up to instead of 16 points, seven rebounds per game. What if I tighten this up dating back to the basketball plus seven rebounds per game? Now you have a 30-year-old list with only five qualified seasons for it. Deidre Glosson, Rafe LaFrance, Drew Gooden, and Wayne. That's it. That's the list. That is pretty remarkable stuff. And among that list of Diedrich, Rafe, Drew, and Wayne, Jalen is averaging more points per game than any of those other players on that list. It's also interesting if you compare it to, you know, Ochag Baji, Frank Mason, and their kind of national player of the year seasons. Frank averaged a little more points. Ochai was at a little under 19. The rebound numbers obviously favor Jalen than both those guys. The assist numbers favor Frank. Um, turnovers are about even. Uh, the seals and blocks are similar to Ochai. Uh, the big thing that's different between what Frank and Ochai did is the efficiency. Um, Jalen's shooting 47% on twos, 35% on threes. Frank was at 50%, 47 in those two areas. Ochai was at 53 and 41. So it's really the efficiency. You look at the O ratings, Ochai and Franks were better. The D rating, actually, Jalen Wilson has the best D rating there. Um, but the, the true shooting percentage, the effective field goal percentage, uh, better for both Frank and Ochai. But it's interesting. You look at the, the numbers. if. We just compare, uh, because I think Franks are just better because of the efficiency. Ochai's might be better just because of the efficiency. But if you're just looking at the counting stats between Jalen to Ochai, Jalen at 20.7 points per game, Ochai at 18.8. Jalen at 8.5 rebounds per game, Ochai at 4.4. Jalen at 2.5 assists per game, Ochai at 1.6. Jalen at 0.8 steals per game, Ochai at 0.9. Jalen at 0.6 blocks per game. Ochai at 0.6 also. So those things are actually very similar across the board for those two guys, but certainly the efficiency better for Ochai. But Jalen has meant so much to this team. But again, that list. Players to average 19-7 and seven for Kansas since 1992. Diedrich Lawson, Ray LaFrance, Drew Gooden, Wayne Simeon. Right now, Jalen Wilson. Pretty impressive stuff from what Jalen has done so far. We're going to finish things up with the biggest hurdles to Jalen trying to win the National Player of the Year award. That right here with Locked on Jayhawks. So the biggest hurdle 
it's a very big guy, both figuratively and literally, that would be Zach Eady. The biggest hurdle them winning the award is just that Zach Eady exists this season, right? I mean, last season, maybe it ends up going his way. I mean, Oscar Shibway was putting up ridiculous numbers too, so he would have been a pretty big hurdle to clear too for Jalen. So I don't know. Uh, but in some other years, maybe it would be a little easier than the guy like Zach Eady, who is averaging, you know, 22 points per game, 13 rebounds, shooting over 60% from the field. The true shooting percentages and efficiency numbers are just off the charts, and he's on the number one team in the country. That is quite the haul to try to overcome, and that's why Zach Eady is minus 1,000 on FanDuel to win the National Player of the Year, and nobody has shorter odds than Jalen Wilson behind him at plus 850. It is very clear that Zach Eady has emerged as the go-to candidate and by far candidate in that regard. So that is the biggest hurdle for him. I think if KU doesn't win the Big 12, you don't really look at having a shot here because if you're looking at Zach Eady being that giant hurdle, the tough part is if you're trying to make the case for Jalen over Zach Eady, it's really hard to do and you, you pretty much can't, to be honest, because Zach Eady's getting more points per game. He's getting more rebounds per game. Jalen's getting more assists per game, but it's it's less than like one assist per game. Zach Eady's shooting better from two-point range and you might be saying, well, Jalen shoots three, Zach Eady doesn't. That's why we have numbers like true shooting percentage, effective field goal percentage, because it, it weights the threes being more. Zach Eady is still much more efficient from the floor. He's getting more blocks per game. You know, like Zach Eady is also on the number one team in the country. He's on a better team than Kansas. You could also argue that the players around Zach Eady are worse than the players around Jalen Wilson. So it, it, it's hard to make the argument for Jalen over Zach Eady, I think, is the point here. Um, so that becomes a very big hurdle. So how does that change? What is the path for Jalen trying to win the award? I think clearly he's established himself as being a first-team All-American, but winning the National Player of the Year award, I think for one, KU would have to win the Big 12. As tough as a conference as we've ever had, and if you win that award, that is one thing that you could have over Purdue. The Big 10 isn't as great this year, and there's not really that number two. I don't know, maybe like Indiana is kind of emerging into that right now. But there hasn't been as much of the depth of conference, and there's a big drop-off between Purdue and those other schools, whereas the Big 12 has all these insane teams, and, and you're going through a tougher path that you could say, well, even though my stats aren't quite as good, I went through a tougher schedule than you did to try to get there, so it's more impressive. So that would be one, winning the Big 12. I think you also got to hope that Purdue falters a bit. Obviously, they lost over the weekend to Indiana, and you know they're going to need them to probably lose a couple more times. I think for KU, if you can finish, you know, as a Big 12 champ, Purdue's going to win the Big 10, but maybe you can finish as a higher seed than them or ranked higher than them, and that the counting stats and efficiency, like you need the efficiency to continue to go up for Jalen. You need him to get back to the Terry who's on in the five games before Texas. Then that would certainly help because it's tough to see Zach Eady like, it's one thing for a guy who's a really good shooter to be like, well, maybe he could just have two bad weeks of shooting. Zach Eady's 7-4. He's not going to have like two bad weeks of shooting. So it's hard to see the numbers going down. So pretty much this all comes down to you need, if you're Kansas, to basically go on a tear here, win the Big 12, probably win it outright. Jalen Wilson gets on another tear again. And Purdue falters, loses a couple times down the stretch. Zach Eady's numbers are good, but they're not, you know, putting up 30 and 15 on some of these games. 
and then maybe Jalen can overtake him. But even then, it's it's kind of a tall task to do so. More likely than not, Zach Eady is going to win this award. But Jalen Wilson definitely deserves credit as one of the top candidates, as a first-team All-American, and I think he will get both of those things, even if it's an uphill battle to win the specific National Player of the Year award. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to be comparing KU basketball player to some players to some Super Bowl stars. That'll be a fun one. And then on uh, Friday's show, we'll preview the KU Oklahoma game. You can also find me on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You can hit me up on Twitter at D Johnson Radio. Subscribe to the show wherever you get any of your podcasts. Because subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us there too. And I'll see you on Rock Chalk Sports Talk later today from three to six on KLWN and more. Until then, have a good rest of your day. Bye.